0: Tasha, who do you hope is listening to this podcast episode?
1: Hi, Jane. Well, I hope all of Tyler Out of the Loop people who follow you guys' podcasts are listening.
0: Welcome to the Tyler Loops Out of the Loop podcast. I'm your host, Jane Neal. And I probably made you afraid of dogs. (laughs) Oh, no, she didn't. (laughs) Sir, I heard you say grassy ass. Tyler will always be my home. Let's begin. Latashiana Washington is a community health worker at Christus Trinity Mother Francis Hospital. She attended John Tyler High School, Tyler Junior College, and Texas A&M. She volunteers with the Nurse Family Partnership and joined the Preeclampsia Foundation to raise awareness for this condition. She loves to write poetry, read, and spend time with friends and loved ones. Tasha, welcome to Out of the Loop Podcast.
1: Thanks for having me, Jane. I am so glad to be here.
0: Let's take a listen to your story told live at Liberty Hall November 2019 as part of Out of the Loop Season 2. How y'all doing tonight? Good. Loss.
1: When you think about loss, what comes to your mind? Losing a friend because of an argument, a favorite game you're playing, or maybe a set of car keys. My name is in Washington, and I was 23 years old when I experienced my first major loss. She was a woman who believed in me. I remember she believed in my dreams, my goals, My reality, she was the only one who knew the real me, the quiet, yet over the top me, the ambitious, determined me. This woman, she was and is my mother. Right after my 14th birthday, the summer before my freshman year, my two brothers, grandparents and myself we're at East Texas Medical Center in my mom's room. She had been admitted three days before for high blood pressure. She passed out at work. Here we all were sitting around her bed, talking, laughing, surrounded by flowers and cards. I remember standing by the window When the doctor walked in, he told her that her kidneys were shutting down, that they were functioning at zero percent. As he continued to explain kidney disease, I could feel myself going deaf. I could see his mouth moving, but I couldn't hear anything. Watching the tears fall down my mom's face meant this was bad. I ran out of the room. She held on for eight years. Then she found herself back in another hospital room at East Texas Medical Center. This time, telling her doctor, I'm going to heaven. Two days later, in hospice, she passed away peacefully. My best friend Deborah was there for me. She didn't say much. There wasn't much she could say. She had her mom. But she let me know that she was gonna be there for me no matter what. Almost two years later, At the age of 25, I was on the verge of having a family of my own. I remember clutching my tummy, and I prayed to God that he would bless my baby boy that was growing inside of me to be healthy. There was a day during my pregnancy that I knew something was wrong. I was around 23 weeks. I was in so much pain, I was hurting so bad, and I was lightheaded. By the time I made it to the hospital, my legs were so swollen that I couldn't walk. When I saw a doctor, she told me that I was suffering from a condition called preeclampsia. There was no cure. I didn't have any time to wait, she said. I was on the verge of having a stroke. The only option to try to save my son and myself was to have an emergency C-section. On March the 10th, 2017, my beautiful baby boy, who I named Osea, was brought into this world weighing one pound and eight ounces. Two days later, God called my baby boy home. During that time period, I had three people to help me get through that first week of losing Osea. Again, my best friend Deborah was there for me. She was preparing to go on vacation to San Angelo. She left work and came straight to me and stayed overnight. She was by my side the whole time praying. The father of my son was there. And an awesome mentor of mine named Ellen from a great program here in East Texas for first-time moms called Embrace Grace was there as well. You know, I can still remember Osea's last moments as though it was yesterday. He breathed on his own for a short period of time, dying in my arms while I whispered a song in his ear. After I lost Osea, my eyes became open for healthcare for women in East Texas. I learned that preeclampsia is a dangerous disorder and that African American women are the most at risk. In the state of Texas, Smith County has the second highest rate of infant mortality. And for African-American women, those rates are almost doubled. I also learned that my mom was one of thousands of women at increased risk for kidney disease and diabetes. Death by kidney disease is high in Northeast Texas. And for African-Americans, those rates are even higher. There's research that social and economic stressors on black women are associated with their chronic illnesses. This is something that needs to change in East Texas. After losing my mom and my son... There was yet another loss in my life. The father of my son walked out of my life because he thought he was unworthy. Three weeks after our son passed, he left. He sent me a text message. He said he couldn't be with me anymore. That he couldn't face me. I stressed you out enough. And maybe if you wasn't so stressed, Osea would still be here. An entire year passed when I received the phone call that he was sick in the hospital battling with spinal bacterial meningitis. I found myself back In another hospital room at East Texas Medical Center. I can remember in great detail as I was standing over him while he was hooked up to all of these tubes. I asked his doctor if I spoke to him, could he hear me? She said yes and stepped out to leave us alone thinking about the nickname he used to call me, I began to speak. Your honey tea is here. I just want to say that I forgive you for leaving me and that it's not your fault Osea passed away and that you can let go. As I was looking at his face, I began to see tears fall down both of his cheeks the next day I received the phone call that he passed away I prayed to God that he would allow him to rest in peace once again my best friend Deborah was there for me for yet another tragedy in my life Even when I didn't want her to be, even when I wanted to withdraw. You see, I had experienced so many losses in my life, I wanted to withdraw. What if I ended up losing Deborah too? My mother and my son, they are my flesh and blood. That will never change. But over time, I learned that you don't have to share the same DNA to be family. My best friend, Deborah, my mentor, Ellen, these women, they became my family. Loss. When you think about loss, what comes to your mind? Life is a journey that we are all on. And I know that one day my journey will come to an end. My triumphs and my tribulations are indeed my reality. But it is because of this journey called life and my father up in heaven that I'm able to stand here today and smile. Thank you.
0: I love this story, Tasha, and I'm so grateful you shared it. What parts of it were particularly vulnerable for you as you took the stage that night?
1: Well, Jane, I believe just kind of reliving the moments. Um, Speaking about my son and my mom and, of course, my son's father, most of it just reliving the moments of my mom and son. I'm kind of at peace. Well, I won't say kind of. I'm officially at peace with my son's father. So, I miss my son and mom every day, thought about it today <laughs> before I came here, thought about my son today as well. So um just kind of reliving those moments and trying my hardest not to break down on stage, <laughs> but I felt the love. I honestly, it was like I felt my mom standing next to me and like holding my chest like, hey, just breathe. You got this. I'm proud of you. And I just kept flowing, kept
0: going. So I appreciate the opportunity. You did such an amazing job. It was so powerful. And I'm wondering at the time that you, other than rehearsing for Out of the Loop, is this a story you had told many people? And had practiced, you know, not only practice saying it, but I guess practice kind of going back in time and, and reliving those memories.
1: I would say it was a story that I told a certain amount of people. Not a lot. That was the first time I actually just opened up completely. And it really helped me. It was like a therapy session for me. <laughs> it was like to just say everything out loud. I'm a writer, I like to write. So, not just put it on paper, but just speak it out loud and not speak it out loud to myself, but to be heard. So, People can just hear like my story and maybe they relate, you know, maybe they can relate. I'm pretty sure they could. So just to kind of reach out, let people know they're not alone.
0: That means so much to me because one of the powerful things to me about Out of the Loop is that there's an audience listening to you. It sounds like you could feel that feedback that that was a supportive audience. But did you get any like verbal feedback after the show?
1: Oh, yes, ma'am. I did. Honestly, Like from quite a few people. And before the show even started, it's kind of funny. It may not be funny, to you, but it's kind of funny. There was a lady I was in the restroom with and she bumped into me. And I think she kind of like got upset or whatever that we bumped into each other. But she didn't know that I was going to be a part of the show or anything like that. So after it was over with, she pulled me to the side and she was just like, oh, my God. I just want to say, I'm sorry for bumping into you and being rude to you in the bathroom. She was like, but to think that all of these people in this room have a story to tell. And I would have never thought just by looking at you that you went through so many losses. You went through so much pain. And she was like, you're standing here on stage and you're smiling. And then like, I see you walking off stage and you're smiling. And, you know, it really meant a lot to me. And not just her, like there was some black women that came up to me. And they were like, hey, I just want to thank you for like speaking on some points about, you know, maternal health in the black community and, you know, health crisis in the black community, period. You know, so
0: it really meant a lot to me. That is awesome. And that is an East Texas moment when you bump into someone in the bathroom. (laughs) I love that. When you look back on these three deaths that happened one after another, you've had about two years since you told your story. Has time changed the way you feel about those losses from from that telling of your story?
1: I still pretty much feel the same. I will say that, you know, some days are easier than others. I do believe I'm more stronger when I walk. My head is held high. Before we started this podcast, I told you that I was going to counseling and therapy. I knew that was the best thing for me to do for myself. So, yes, um, I still feel the same way. Again, some days, you know, you kind of think to yourself, like, man, you know, I wish I got some news and I want to call my mom or I want to text her phone or my best friend, her son just started school this year. And um, my son and her son are the same age and, you know, seeing him with his backpack on and everything. And I was like, man, you know, they supposed to be going to school together. You know, some days it's, it's like that. And some days it's like, I'll go through my day or I'll get some good news. And I'm like, hey, mom, guess what I did today? I'll just speak to her or. Hey Osea, guess what your mommy did today? So I'll have days like that.
0: There's also this piece in your story about support from friends in the community.
1: Is that still true for you? Yes, ma'am, it is. Oh my goodness. I really don't have too much family like that, as you know. But uh oh my goodness, the nurse family partnership, they're still a part of my life. Miss Ellen, my mentor like she is still a part of my life. I literally just got through speaking to her yesterday. She dropped me off a pillow um, to help my neck <laughs> when I sleep. So I still love her. She's still a part of my life. Deborah is still my best friend, my sister. I'm still on the community advisory board. I'm still volunteering. So yeah, I still have that love and support.
0: At first glance, your story is about loss. At second glance, There's this piece about finding a family of support that's not necessarily your biological family. And then there's this third piece. And Tasha, this was very exciting to me. You were the first ever out-of-the-loop story that had journalism in it because it looked at the high risks and reasons for maternal and child mortality in East Texas, especially for Black women. Why was it important to you to bring that in?
1: Honestly, Jane, it was so important for me to bring up certain health crises in the community concerning Black women because not too many of us are aware or not. Me experiencing what I experienced afterward, I've spoken with so many women and they were like, I didn't even know what preeclampsia was. A lot of women, they were like, hey, my aunt, my mom, she was battling with kidney disease. Like, why is it going on? You know, calciphylaxis." Some of them didn't even know what that was. That's a disorder and disease concerning kidney disease by being on dialysis for so long. So just making them aware and to make sure you speak with your doctors, ask questions. That's another thing in our community. A lot of us black women, I don't know if it's that we feel afraid, scared, or maybe we won't be heard if we speak up and say like, hey, I think a couple more tests need to be ran. Or maybe telling them like, hey, I checked my blood pressure at home and it was high. I really just wanted to make those health crises aware in our community because there's there is a lot of black women that are going through so many health crises right now.
0: Thank you for that. And I think that's a gift you're offering other women to make them their own advocates. What did it change for you when you kind of saw yourself not just as one individual who experienced this crisis? But found out that you are in this whole group, this whole set of East Texas black women who struggle with these things at a higher percentage than the rest of the population.
1: It's really scary. It's frightening to think that so many of my sisters, I call them of color, you're just, you can have so much stuff going on with you and you don't know. And I think and believe one of the main points that I said. And one of my stories is that the economic stressors of black women, we go through a lot of stress. It just amazes me that how so many of us, we feel like that we're alone and we don't have anyone. So I'm just glad that I was able to shine a little bit of light on even if it wasn't a black woman, on a Caucasian woman, on a Hispanic woman, any woman, you know, to let them know
0: like, hey, you're not alone. If you were in the lineup for Out of the Loop 6, which is, in fact, coming up in November, would this be your story or is there another one that feels more present to you right now?
1: Well, it may be both. I don't know. It may be both, Jane. I got a lot of things lined up at the moment. And then I have my past story. One thing about my past story, it's never going to go away. You know, my past, it doesn't define me, but it's who I am as a person. and I want to always remember it. I'm going to always remember my son, my son's father and my mom. And I'm just on this journey called life. Like, (laughs) I'm just so happy that I'm able to actually overcome my past struggles and uh, my obstacles.
0: So I don't know. Maybe it'll be both. I think you make a very good point that we build on whatever we started with. Mm -hmm. And it's always with us. Is there anything else important you want to address that hasn't come up yet? Well,
1: I want to say this COVID, like COVID, COVID, COVID. (laughs) If no one knows about it, you're living underneath the rock. But it's been challenging. It has been challenging for us in the community. I work at the hospital and I'm not even going to lie, Jane, at times it's overwhelming because You get close to some patients and, you know, you see them, you see the look on their faces, the fear in their eyes. I've lost patients. And I actually had a patient that I was working with for a long time through a prior job. And he died this year. So it's just, it's overwhelming. And I feel like that as a community, we should continue to kind of bond together Help each other, pray for each other as much as we can, as well as our family and friends. Actually, it's just heartbreaking. It really is. It's heartbreaking to see the outcome right now and the hospitals and rehab facilities and just everything that's going on with COVID right now.
0: Thank you for adding that very important piece. It is a big part of our world right now. Tasha, just I'm sitting here beside you and I can see and feel such bright, energy and sunshine coming from you i love your story and i'm so glad you made time to give us an update thank you for contributing such a beautiful story to out of the loop
1: thank you for having me i appreciate you so much i'm sorry i didn't get to wear my out of the loop shirt um couldn't find it but i definitely always will support out of the loop and continue to listen
0: Out of the Loop podcast was recorded at the Innovation Pipeline in downtown Tyler by Preston Hutto with technical support from Neil Katz and Leah Wansley. Music is provided by the Tyler, Texas duo Gypsum and the Travelers. Out of the Loop is a production of the Tyler Loop, a nonprofit news and culture magazine and storytelling platform for Tyler and East Texas. We run on memberships from informed, engaged residents like you who value in-depth, inclusive reporting. Check us out at thetylerloop.com.